episode, the first episode of the Talk Nuffle podcast with myself, Tom Loyne. Hello. And the Prince of Pleasure himself, Phil. How are you, Phil? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Tom. Um, it's a pleasure here to uh, to be on this podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy Solstice, fans of Nuffle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> all of that. Uh, as you can tell that we're, um, we're very raw to all this. This is the first time we've got into this podcasting business, so we're just going to go with it. It's going to be very much like a two men in a pub chatting about podcasts, having fun. If you find it interesting, great. If not, then go away. Well, indeed. And hopefully we'll get a few special guests on as well. A few notorious people from the leagues that we play in. Um, get some expert tips and advice and insight into the uh, some of the masters of the DBL. Which we'll go into now. So, Phil, who are you? What got you into Blood Bowl? What do you do in terms of general fantasy stuff and other gaming and all that kind of thing? Indeed. So, uh, my name's Phil. I'm addicted to Nuffle. <laughs> um, I can't get enough, unfortunately. But um, so it is a drug. It is. It is. A, it's a delicious, delicious, delicious drug, and it's very Moorish. <laughs> um, so I got into Blood Bowl properly. Um, it must be maybe three years ago now, oh, wow. coming so up you're to three. Yeah, I played it. That's why you're still shit. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. Indeed, that's why. That's why I play Dark Elf so much, just for the crutch. But um, I'm one of those typical hobbyists, I'm in my 30s now, played a lot when I was younger, various Warhammer, 40k, a bit of Epic, a bit of Man of War, um, dipped into all sorts really. And only a little bit of Blood Bowl, but never had anybody else at the local gaming store I went to that really was bothered about playing. So Blood Bowl flew very much under the radar. And then mid-20s, got back into the hobby, um, predominantly with 40k. Um, apologies for that. Um, and then off the back of that, eventually discovered Blood Bowl. But it was actually um, the club where I play, or where the DBL is based, is based in Covent Garden, and it's the London Wargaming Guild. Um, and now you've had the opportunity to attend it a couple of times, Tom. I have, yes. It's, it's a very good venue, actually. It's one of those weird things where, um, and still people I speak to, like in my club up in uh, up in Hackney Wick, don't know it exists. Like a lot of people, I'm mean, yeah, it's basically the biggest club in London, like <laughs> the London Wargaming Guild. Isn't yeah. It? And a lot of other clubs don't sort of know that much about it, or, you know, how long has it been going, the Wargaming Guild? Um, that's a very good it's question. a question that we don't know. <laughs> so, and I'm sure somebody's mentioned it to me before, that it's possibly the biggest gaming club in the, like in the country. Is it? Which is perfectly conceivable. Um, well, Peter's a very... Um, indeed, a very so Peter Davies is the, uh, the kind of one of the founding guys and the organiser of it at the moment. And they regularly um, sell out every Monday in Covent Garden at 50 old. So it's at the Seven Dials Club, isn't it? Seven at the Seven Dials in Covent Garden. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if you put London Wargaming Guild into Google, you'll, you can find it if you're not familiar with it. Um, and they play, obviously, Fantasy, they play 40k, uh, Age of Sigma, Ninth Age, obviously we've got Blood Bowl, people play Quest sometimes, um, all sorts of other games as well. But um, how I first discovered it was um, on the kind of tournament scene with my 40k army. So I'm uh, ostensibly uh, a Praetorian Imperial Guard player, so the kind of you do have a lovely Praetorian Imperial Guard. I do indeed. It's a very big army, about five, six thousand points of Would old you say 40k it's money. It's too big to leave on an Uber. It's too big to leave on an Uber. You couldn't fit it <laughs> in an Uber. Okay, well that's probably good. <laughs> for the for those listeners who've uh, who are regulars of the DBL, you know that Phil uh, likes to leave Blood Bowl teams on Ubers, and it's mm. like he's actually welling up now. There's a there's a tear. It's there's a, a tear coming down. Pa pass me a tissue, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry on. Holy yeah, so um. It was actually at one of the LGTs, so the London Grand Tournament. I think it was Which there. Which we'll talk about later. Indeed. They, I went to the first one, um, or was it the second one? 
Um, oh, you played 40k? Yeah. What was the train like at the first one? Was it still... I mean, like, it has been... The it was really the bad. First the first two one. that I went to, was okay. there was proper terrain. Okay. And it was a much smaller event, and it went very well. The first one I went to, I think my, my Praetorian Imperial Guard won Best Painted Army, Best Vehicle, Best Individual Character, Best Squad, and Best in Show. Nice. Did you suck off the organiser, or was it... Um, I did. For the, I did for the sum of two hundred and fifty pounds. So. <laughs> but off the back of that, I was invited by Zach, the organiser, to come to the London Wargaming Guild um, to take some photos of my models. So I brought um, one of my big KR, got the huge KR cases full of some of my guardsmen and tanks and stuff. Set them all up. He was taking photos, and while that was going on, I was obviously just having a bit of a route around the club, seeing what was going on. And then I discovered the commish. Ah, yes. Mark Hampson and the Commissioner, the Bride of Nuffle of himself. <laughs> some, I mean, some say, what came first? Mark, the Commissioner, or Nuffle? It's like a chicken and the egg, kind of a... Indeed. Was, was, there ever, was there ever Blood Bar before Mark? I don't know if that's right. Well, I want to know is now Mark, because Mark has literally this week stepped down as the Commissioner. Indeed. Will, big will, news. Will we raise uh, the new dual Commissioners to that level of, of godhood, or, or not? Really, I mean, we know their names. We're not even going to mention them on the podcast thing. <laughs> Actually, no, we'll name Tom. Tom. We can name Tom for the other Indeed. one. And then the other one that couldn't get into Team Wales. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Much as he'd love to. <laughs> but yeah, so um, well, there remains to be seen. I'm sure they'll do a great job. I mean, I've, I've, I've um know them very well from my time in the DBL now. But um, on that very first occasion, Kamish was there. He was giving somebody uh, an intro game. Um, I think he was. What was he using? Maybe it was humans against chaos, something like that, and just kind of teaching them the ropes. And, and what you'll what you'll find about about Mark, the commissioner, is that he just loves to get people into Blood Bowl. He loves to introduce them to the game. Yeah, he does. He, he just loves everything about it, and he's he's got the biggest heart when it comes to welcoming people into the community. Yeah, which is great. So um, off the back of that, he said, "Well, come and play Blood Bowl." At that time, I had no Blood Bowl team, no Blood Bowl experience. Um, but very quickly and very swiftly decided I had enough of playing 40k um, and then converted and painted a, a Dark Elf team. Wait! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dark Elves have always been my spirit animal in, in the fantasy world. Oh. I, had a, I had a big Dark Elf army um, back when I played fantasy. I um, had a Dark Elf Man of War fleet. I had a Dark Elf Warmaster <laughs> army. It's making me very upset. Um, you know, sometimes wear like a Witch Elf costume at the weekend, stuff like that, really. But so then it was natural <laughs> to get back into Blood Bowl and to kit bash a Dark Elf team. So did you play them in the first season? Did you first play? season I did. Um, and, and the I, second. And, and the second I played Vampires. So first back. season, um, got all the way to finals day and then lost to um, uh, the Warhammerers, coached by Paul. Oh yeah, we'll talk a bit Knock more me out in the semi-final. So before we go into the DBL, but mm -hmm. I know this has kind of flowed into it, I will very quickly outline who I am. Okay, well, sorry about that. We'll do that. No, no, it's fine. No, we'll, well, we'll do that welcome because... to, to Talk Nuffle. Essentially, it's a podcast about me talking about myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I'm, I'm desperately trying to keep on track and actually do some sort of vague segments. So this first segment is who we are. So I'll just do that very quickly. Can I, can I speak? Indeed, I, I think to be fair though, Tom, I think you actually introduced it and said Phil start talking about the DBL. I did, yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You didn't follow your own schedule. I didn't, sorry. So we might, maybe we'll have to wait till episode two before you can... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, anybody finds out anything about Okay, me. anyway. All right. I'll talk Tom, or, or, or should I say Morg? Morg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please tell us about yourself. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so my name's Tom Loyne. Um, yeah, as, as Phil's alluded to, the DBL guys will know me as Morg, which is my 
self-given name. Your nom de plume, yes. My nom de plume. Um, and uh, of the EC BBL guys, which is the other league I play in, uh, I'll know me as Loinster. Loinster, that's where I'm on the NAF. Um, I played Blood Bowl. I started playing Blood Bowl when I was probably like eight or nine or something, like 20 years ago. I can remember digging it out, playing my brother's very much like a board game thing at Christmas. Like we used to play just a bubble game. Like so did you get into it maybe from one of your brothers then? Presumably it was one of their games? No, because I'm older than them. So it would be, my uncle is was the guy who got me into like board ah. gaming. So he was like a Warhammer fantasy kind of guy. So when I first started playing, I started playing Warhammer fantasy, pushing them all around. And mm. I remember bubble being one of the board games that we played. Um, but I didn't. I then had a big hiatus. Like I probably didn't play Blood Bowl from my mid-teens. It was all fantasy, a bit of 40k, sure. all that kind of gaming. Um, and then um, carried on playing like that and got into Age of Sigma. And like that was like carried on doing all that. And it was always like a war gamer. Yeah. And then when Games Workshop re-brought out the new Blood Bowl, the new improved shiny, we're supporting it again, Blood Bowl, mm -hmm. um, it just seemed like a natural time to go, oh yeah, I remember playing that game when I was younger. Didn't get back into it. And we're talking about the edition from about uh, two, three years ago, whenever that dropped. Yeah. So yeah, it came out in 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I picked up Human Team, and um, literally just as I was ready to get cracking in the UK, um, got sent over to Canada with the army. So I took my human team over to Canada, and the first league that I played in was the Medicine Hat Blood Bowl League. Now, Medicine Hat is a tiny little town oh, in wow. Alberta. That, that's the name of the town? <laughs> the name is Medicine Hat. As in, medicine is in drugs, hat is in things you wear on your head. Yep, and it is very affectionately known by the soldiers as Medicine Clap, because it's where you go to get the clap. Well, to all of those people <laughs> recovering in the STI clinic in uh, Medicine Hat, shout out to you. Thank yeah. you for listening. <laughs> Absolutely. It is also the meth. Uh, capital of Alberta, so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very fine... Well, I suppose it had to be somewhere, place. didn't it? <laughs> exactly. So anyway, I turned up at Medicine Hat, and um, I was living there for six months just, just doing army stuff, and um, and when I turned up, I thought, well, I'll find out if there's Blood Bowl. I've just got mm. back into this game, I want to start doing it. Uh, and it turns out there is a Medicine Hat Blood Bowl League, as I alluded to, and <laughs> emailed the commissioner, and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, great, we're, we're starting a new league this week. And it's running for six months. Like, wow. literally perfect timing. Um, so I thought, yeah, cool. So I played with a load of hillbilly kind of hits. Now, are these all forces people, or are they just No, locals? no, they're all local Canadians. Fantastic. Yeah. So actually, my very first game was um, was against a, a emigrated Irishman who was a policeman. Mm. And I didn't know he was going to be that. So <laughs> when I was first meeting up with him, I'd never met anyone in the league. All I'd done was email these people. And um, I was actually quite apprehensive. I was like, because mm. I'd met a lot of medicine hat people, and they're all like tattooed up to the eyeballs. Oh wow! Bill Hilly Hicks, like those kind of guys. And so okay. I was like, this guy was like, yeah, I'll pick you up in my car and take you around my. Was, was it a squad car? <laughs> uh, no, it was. It was a normal. But he literally rolled up in a kind of you know sort of nice Ford one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Irish policeman. I was like, okay, this is fine. Anyway, so I played in that league. Had a great time with humans, and it was like um, it was a rolling league, so you could play a team up to six seasons. Oh, wow. So my first game was against this guy with like 2,000 TV dwarfs, <laughs> just Ouch. with 1,000 TV humans. And, and how did you get on? I beat him. Yeah. You won? Yeah, because it's the old rules. So they had, um, you know, like the crazy 400 token mm. cards and 200 token cards. So I induced, ah. I induced Morg, Bertha, and two cards, and one of the cards turned out to be a free death roller. Jesus. So, so I effectively had three ogres and a death roller, and he had no rerolls because the other card was take take all your rerolls. Yeah, cards. No amount of guard dwarf was going to save you when those those no, three well, come out. You did that smash. And, and yeah, <laughs> so, so actually, the whole league was good fun. And whilst I was out there, I played in my first uh, NAF event, which was uh, the Calgary Pal Town event. So yeah, like, which was really cool. Did you did you win this league in in Medicine Hat? No, sadly, in the end, um, my flight got moved 
back forward, so I had to leave just before finals day. So they do a finals day where you go and play in the semis and finals. So I got through to finals day and then had yeah. to pull out because I got flown back to the UK. Wow. Um, but I did get through to it, which is cool. And then, um, yeah, coming back to the UK, I got into the Elephants and Castle Bubble League, which is kind of the other big Indeed. London Shout out league. to everybody from the ECBBL. Absolutely. I hope you guys are listening in. And they're a really good league, actually. They've been going for like 20 odd years, really well run by Val. Um, and yeah. they sort of, they're quite competitive league. They like Indeed. Well, I've had the pleasure of playing quite a few of them at various events, and it's it's always a learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're quite a mixed bag, actually, because they, whilst they're a competitive league, they're definitely, you know, they're. There are good like players and there are bad players. There are good players and there are bad players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like James in the BBL. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't say if he was good or bad. We just all know what, what, what he is. Um, anyway, so I did, the, did um, a, a season with them. And then uh, playing at, uh, where was it? It was at the Pearly Kings and Queens event, wasn't it? Indeed. I met a load of Dragon Ball Blood Bowl League people. Indeed. And they are all really nice people. And they invited me to come and join the league. And now we segue... <laughs> Into talking about the DVC. It's, it's all perfect. Seamless. It is seamless. seamless. What a... <laughs> so I joined this season, which is the DBL 18, which is what, the third season? It's it's fourth? the third, but ostensibly it's the fourth. Okay. There was there was this dark year uh, before before Kamish, BC. Did we not talk about that? Yeah. I mean it was it was a year where it was just a bit a bit more like it never finished. Did you join in that year? No, no, no. I, I came in, in DBL 16. Okay, so you came in the first quote-unquote yeah. official... So this is the third full season now, proper season. Yeah. Um, I think DBL 16, in its infancy, we were maybe just under 20 teams, something like that. All oh, right, okay. What and then we? what did it, 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 it was to... four conferences, so north, east, south, and west. Um, and then they would all of them... I think two were four-player conferences and two were five-player conferences, so 18 players. Awesome. And that was when you said Dark Elves? That's when I said Dark Elves. You had a clarker on Cleavers. Um, and it was uh, essentially you played everybody in your group twice. So if you're in the group of five and you've only played some of those once. And then into that, we're into the knockouts. And then it's straight shot all the way to the finals day. There was no Cuckleberry in those days. No Cuckleberry in those days. But everybody got into the... I think ah, everybody okay. got in. Does that work? Probably. 18 players? Maybe. Maybe it was 16. Something like that anyway. Yeah. Um, so then that, that was how that worked. Um, we had individual conference cups with the top team in each one of the conferences. So my Dark Elves won the Magenta Fist, which is the Western Trophy. Nice. Um, got to the finals day, knocked out by the Dwarfs. Oh. What, the aforementioned... The Warhammers. Warhammers. Indeed. Have you had a bit of an ongoing um, feud well, with these? I only played team? them twice okay. and lost to them both times. <laughs> oh, okay. And he just has a very wonderful knack of... Being better at Blood Bowl than you. Being better... <laughs> Well, the, the evidence would seem to suggest that in terms of our head-to-head records. Um, so then we move on to DBL 17, and we had a pretty big expansion. I think maybe DBL 17, we were 32, 34, 36 something like that. Um, once again, still the four conferences, but every conference was just a bit bigger. Um, and we had a... The conference was then split into two. So we had like North A and North B, West yeah, yeah. A, West B. Each one would have had four teams in or five teams, depending on how many. Nice. Um, and for that one, I took the Vampires, which was a Sylvania, Alchemy and Necromancy, which were based uh-huh. off of Texas uh, A&M, which is a college football team. Um, and that was another great year. Got to the knockouts, got to the quarterfinals. Um, my Vampires. They didn't play the Dwarves. Didn't play the Dwarves, thankfully. <laughs> although I had Dwarves in my group. How um, did your team skill up in that season? What did you, what did you go With the Vampires? Yeah. Um, it was either block or dodge first skill on every vampire. Yeah. Unless they, um, and then after that, we had a mighty blow, tackle, block, vamp, 
we had a bludge vamp, we had a bludge guard vamp, um, and who else did we have? I forget what the other one had. And then my thralls were the more important ones. There was always a kick thrall, because I always play a very onside, near blitz defence. So kick very short, have all the vampires in front of it to run in. If ever I get a blitz, no amount of players in the, is going to stop me from hit knowing if you're running straight and yeah. hopefully catching the ball. Always a wrestle thrall, um, and then a leader thrall if you can manage it to get the extra reroll. Yeah, but they were very good. They did very well. But that was a four vampire build. Uh, my, my view, um, um, perhaps in a future episode we'll talk about vampires. Yeah, I think we should. Some go three, some go maybe even less, some go four, some go five. I think four is, is the bare minimum that you need for a good vampire team, in my opinion. Anyway, yeah. um, knocked out in the quarterfinals. Um, so DBL 16, we had Wood Elves win, just to put it into context. That was a Wood Elf Dwarf final. Who was the, the coach for the Wood Elves? Um, a guy called Kike, a Spanish guy, um, who went undefeated. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And was just unbelievably good and then sadly he moved away left oh, the country okay. he might have even gone to Canada really so maybe he's in medicine hat <laughs> maybe he is <laughs> <laughs> see <laughs> look at all these consistencies that we got running through the it's entire podcast indeed um, so that yeah so finals day there it was humans and dark elves um, and then it was dwarves and wood elves and the final was dwarves wood elves and the wood elves won DBL 17 um, was run by our, our good friend Rory and mm-hmm. it's High Elves. So High Elves took the trophy there. And finals day for that one was a real nice mix. We had Slam. Ooh. We had, obviously, the High Elves. We had Kemri. Nice. Um, and then we had oh, poor old Jimbo and his, his undead. Oh, and and the reason he, he lost... Run, did he run undead last season as well? Um, he did, yeah. Was he capable of playing? Or were they Necro last season? Either way, the reason he lost is, is because, essentially, he's a bad human. <laughs> And he angered Nuffle in the most heinous of ways. What did he do? He didn't drink. He didn't drink during the final. He decided he wasn't going to drink well, he was because it was drink, the final. Drink water and be serious. Yeah. So he, he promptly lost the first game yeah, and then started drinking because obviously <laughs> he realised <laughs> that Nuffle only blesses those. Who By get which time shit-based. it was too late. Oh dear, Jimbo, why did you do that? I know. So and just um, just and since it... then he's been terrible. Yeah. Well, because just... I've ever only known Jimbo has been shit. So. Yeah. He's still he's got to shake off the curse. Maybe if at this finals he gets so drunk he has to be stomach pumped, it'll Indeed. come back. Well, he had to try and redeem himself. Yeah, because he, he he got knocked out ages ago in this one, didn't he? Yeah. You knocked him out. I can't remember. I can't, I, I don't believe you. How far did he get? <laughs> <laughs> was he even in the D- <laughs> Um so And then we ago. move on into DBL eighteen. Well, I was just going to jump in. So sure. so to sort of like uh, put it in context, that's how we do it, isn't it? We do we do a knockout phase yep. of DBL, and then that culminates in a finals big finals day. Yep. Where we do just semis, is it? Semis in the final. Yeah, yeah. So the semis and the final. So it'll be four players basically on finals day. So that, yeah. so that's what the really nice thing about the DBL is, is that you're kind of like everyone wants to be in finals day, don't they? Like Absolutely. It's, it's great fun to play in the knockouts, but you want to be in that finals day because everyone's going to be there yeah. cheering people on, and there'll be this great mm. like. And it's on the sixth of January. This sixth year, of January, it? it'll be at Loading Bar in in Shoreditch this year, awesome. which is where we often have it. Um, really great setup, really great bar. Um, hop along. Even if you don't know anyone in the DBL and just say hello, you'll find us there screaming and shouting, drinking a lot. Yeah, we often say that the DBL is a drinking club with a blood bowl problem rather than a blood bowl club with a drinking problem. Indeed it is. <laughs> and just the skills-wise in that in that season as well, it was a six-game conference. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you were into the knockouts. Okay. So yeah, obviously a good few numbers of games there to build up your teams. Fast forward now to DBL. 
DBL 18. DBL 18, indeed. When Morg joined. Exactly. When Morg joined. <laughs> always be remembered. That's an amazing, amazing year. Morgan for one season and one season only. <laughs> so this, in DBL 18, um, we bumped it up to 50 players. 50 players. Which oh. was unbelievable. And it was an eight-game um, group stage. And you see, I think, I'm, I mean, we can talk about this in a future episode about how we run leagues, but I still think eight, I think eight's too few for like a proper competitive, because yeah. when you're trying to get like eight games to get to the knockout, it's just with certain teams, because if you're playing as say Chaos, mm. Vampires, I'm surprised you did so well actually, but like those games you must have been able to get lots of touchdowns and stuff. You, I think you just need 10, mm. 12 games to get these teams filled up. Yeah, possibly. And you're giving teams like Elves, and uh, but also humans and, and orcs that have more starting mm. skills, more of an advantage because going into the knockout, they'll have yeah, they'll have more starting skills. That's just my opinion. I mean, it's it's worth um, it's worth unpicking. Quite possibly, I guess. I guess the, the flip side to that as well is that you need to take into consideration people's lives outside the blood bowl. Yeah, and sometimes maybe it means that the season needs to be longer because in, in these seasons here, we normally start around August September time. Yeah. Um, and then we get all of the, the group stages done and the knockouts done by Christmas. And then we just have the finals and, after Christmas. And that is quite a short period of time, isn't it? Yeah, because you're, talking about, you're talking about, obviously, Medicine Hat there in a six-month season. And I, I know um, that from a good friend of mine, a guy called Matt, who plays um, over at Hate, yeah. the Hackney Area Tabletop um, Club. Yeah, they've got a good league running, actually. But they? I think theirs lasts for six seasons, six months as well. Because quite a slow And league. it's like one game a month. Yeah. Whereas the DPL is is more one game every fortnight. Yeah, and I prefer because I tried. We I did actually play in another league. Actually, mm. I was lying earlier, but I played in um the hard six guys. We ran yeah, yeah, two yeah. seasons, and and again it just it kind of ran out of steam because we did that sort of thing where you would um you because actually the other good thing about DBL is that um, each governor will run their conferences differently. Yeah, and you'll often find that games I'm not saying ad hoc, but it's easy to manage. You just have to play everyone mm. twice. So uh, there were uh, there were occasions of some people kind of playing back to back games yeah. or moving games around like to fit in with life, whereas with the hard six one it was kind of a slow. I think it was like a game every three or four weeks, and you have you were scheduled against a specific person. Mm. And I found that people just got bored and it kind of slowed and stagnated. And actually, we, we yeah. did a couple of seasons, and then people just dropped off. And I mean that's the problem the with, very the, with a long season. And, and you know goes through, doesn't it? But I think I think we'll talk about engagement with the the players in a moment as well. Yeah. I, think, I think that's one thing that the DBL does. Very, very well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so just to kind of recap on DBL 18, all of the knockout games except the finals ones have been completed. Um, and we'll talk about the Cucklebury Cup in a minute, um, which is like a, a was secondary. Was that the first thing this year? Yes, that was the okay. first time we did that. Okay, so we'll, so that's actually the next segment after the break. We're going to go into the DBL 18 a bit more in detail. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that kind of shit. Well, well so, we'll talk about DBL 18 more in a minute then. And what I'll say instead of it is a bit more about our engaging them with our players. Seamless. Seamless. <laughs> Thank you very much. We are professional podcasters here. In, indeed. What, what we have in, in the DBL, which hopefully um, people would have also picked up on when they came to the Backbreaker Cup, which is our yearly tournament that we mm-hmm. do as well, is that we're very much about the kind of fluffy side of the hobby as well. The community um, as well. The community, definitely. Stuff. Everybody in the DBL this year, um, and indeed in previous seasons, almost everybody, has had a team logo. Mm-hmm. Um, the vast majority of people have written backgrounds and stories and fluff for their team. Yeah. Um, and we have weekly um, bulletins, like a newsletter that comes out, which talks about some games that have been happening. And then there's a monthly magazine, which is produced by members of the DBL, which on some occasions has run into 10, 20, 30 pages. 
the backbreaker sport. Backbreaker sport, indeed, yeah. with with um, contributions with going to tactics. There was a gossip column as well. There was an agony aunt, yeah, which at one cool. point referenced, I think, a, a, a unrequited love or perhaps a um. Uh, a not allowed love between a I think it was like bloodthirster and a halfling or something maybe. Oh. Who was the female? Oh, I think I think it was a female. Was it a female bloodthirster? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what did the halfling just sort of climb up in there? And, I'm not sure, you? but okay. um, well, maybe neither of them are female. I don't know. Maybe both were. Maybe neither were. Doesn't matter. I have to read in the nu- the Nuffle Sutra. There's <laughs> <laughs> a page of that. Indeed. So, all the okay. Yeah. Um. So we're very big on that side of it. There's a website as well. Um. I'm sure if you type in Blood Bowl Dragon Bowl League into Google, it'll pop up, and you can see lots of team photos. But everybody goes all out um, in terms of their stories. Um, and we kind of govern it by a WhatsApp chat. Um, and people are always posting photos of what they're painting on, what they're working on, ideas for teams, team names. Every player gets named. Every yeah. player's got a story. I mean, and, and your team as well. So that was the... The Walt Disney All-Stars. The Walt Disney All-Stars. 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> they turned out to be more PG-13, I think. Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> Disappointing. Well, you said, I mean, Olaf, my uh, captain, did get mm. the top cash of BBL 18. We'll talk more about that later. So, yeah, and what's... So, all of this extra content and all the stuff that you get, Phil, how much does that cost you in the BBL? Well, our, our fee for the season... Um, Ten pounds. I, I think it's it suggested. Is it ten pounds? Literally ten pounds. Yeah, and it's like, and and the and amount it, and of it, content you get for that is insane. True. Like, um, and we great. people can don't people can kind of it's all done by PayPal. People can put more in if they want to, and, so, and a lot of people do because it's it's a phenomenal undertaking. Um, it's run by a group called the Governors. I've been a governor of the DBL myself for I think the last two three seasons, um, and it's been a privilege. There's a group of us, eight of us, that work as hard as we can to build, bring everything together. You do work very hard. To organise things, to organise the content, to organise the matches, everybody. There's a governor for each conference. So I've been the Western governor, um, the Prince of Pleasure, as, as was introduced by, <laughs> by Morg as well, due to the salacious nature of the uh, the Western uh, conference itself. You're all perverts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so each one has is, is governed um, to kind of G people along, to build a bit of an atmosphere, um, there were all sorts of freebies that people got as well from uh, DBL beer mats, which had passing ranges on, on one side and then a um, scatter template on the other. There were dice. There's the rules pack, which is p- printed and everybody gets a copy of as well. There's lots of stuff. Badges. and Badges as well. Um, conference governors themselves kind of provide extra bits and bobs too. And often you'll find that other members within the, within the, the DBL kind of make and do stuff as well just to give out to people. So cool. it's so, wonderful. I was going to say, so that I think that sort of sums up the DBL. You kind of get a feel for what it's about. In fact, um, I'll put a link into this as well. There was one of the new members this year, Thomas McGiven, mm. wrote a really cool blog write-up. Indeed he did. Thank you very much, member, Tom. Coming into the DBL and going, wow, how awesome is this? Let me write about it. So I'll put a link into the podcast when I put it up so that you can read about it. And that really sums up uh, what the DBL is and what it's about. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and talk about the DBL 18 more in full, even though we've kind of segued into it, but we will come back and do an official Indeed, segment. We've, we've stroked it so far, we've <laughs> caressed it. But we're going to really go right in there with four, four or five things. Exactly, we're going we're gonna to really grip it, yeah. grasp it with two hands. <laughs> okay, see you in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back to the uh, first Talk Nuffle podcast. 
where we're going to seamlessly now segue into the DVL18 because we've not talked about it at all yet, have we? No, not not a single word. That will all be edited out, so you won't hear any of this at all. <laughs> that was a lie. Uh, right, Phil. Uh, so let's talk about the DVL18. That's the here and now. That's where we are and where it's going to. Talk about the differences and what's changed from DBL17 and, and, and yeah, all that so, stuff. Um, as, of course, hasn't been mentioned, it's now a 50-player <laughs> league. <laughs> Uh, five conferences, so we've now got North, East, South, West, and Central. Boo. Was that Ollie's conference? Ollie's conference, yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, and each one had five players in it. Yeah, uh, or so in, in A and five players in B, so yes. ten players per conference <laughs> split into two groups. And effectively the groups don't interact, do they? No. In the, terms of playing. No, the, there's no cross-conference games, there's no cross-A uh, and B games. Um, which may be something that will be revisited in the future. Who can say? So, uh, obviously, 50 doesn't go into knockouts that well. So the way it worked was, um, obviously, individually, you were placed within your conference, depending on how you performed over eight games. Mm -hmm. The winner of A would play the winner of B for the conference trophy. Uh, and that was completely separate to yep. anything else. So um, for, for pure bragging rights. For, for pure bragging rights, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and then everybody was then put into a 50-man table, mm -hmm. which took into consideration all of the casualties caused, casualties against, touchdowns for, touchdowns against. As well as points from winning, drawing, losing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so the things like touchdowns, touchdown difference, etc., casualty difference would then be used for tiebreakers between the different teams. Cool. So who won this year? Uh, I was top of that with my oh, Dark Elves. Where are you? The Clark oh. Fevers. <laughs> they, they, That's convenient. They topped uh, the table with an unbeaten season. Oh, um, seven victories, one draw. And um, the way that was then going to work, feeding into the knockouts, was that we'd have 32 players that go and play for the Dragon Bowl Cup. And the bottom 18, 18 players would then fall into the Cucklebury Cup. Now, of course, 18, I think, also doesn't really go. Yeah, so they are the bottom four playing. So they have 14 going straight through, and then the bottom four play for the last two. Yeah, make and in the DBL, we are big fans of Death Bowl. Oh, yes, we are. Absolutely. Um, and Death Bowl, for those who uh, have never given it a go, it's a four-player Blood Bowl it's game. It's crazy. On a cross-shaped pitch. It's insane. You start with all of your players on the pitch. Um, knockouts come back automatically for the second yeah, half. And there's no stopping for no stopping. touchdowns. You just carry straight you just on. Keep Four, on going. Three blitzes a turn against one intensity. Yeah, player. you can blitz each player once. You can foul each player once. You can have two pass actions. Um, it's complete chaos. And the balls, there's two balls, they recycle and then drop back into the middle. Can you throw the same ball twice? No. You can throw each ball once. Each ball once. Okay. Or, or possibly throw a, a teammate. Okay. Inevitably, the stunties kicking around. That's somewhere. what you would do. Um, so that's how that was going to work. And then they would go into the Cucklebury Cup, um, and then that would move forward. Why didn't you bring Death Bowl into the talking about the Cucklebury Cup? They didn't play Death Bowl, did they? They didn't this year. The plan was. I, I think. Oh, was that the plan that they were going to play a Death Bowl game? Yeah, but I think sadly ah. we had a player drop out or two players dropped out, okay. um, mm -hmm. and so that never happened. But in, last year there was a Death Bowl decider ah, who was going to be in the DBL. Ah, okay, cool. Um, so that's how the, the DBL has worked this year. Gone very well. It was a bit of a challenge having quite so many players come into it. Mm. But actually what we found is that everybody has been really engaged. Yeah, definitely. There was only there was one dropout and um, he literally just... Nick suddenly had a big work thing that came up. He did, definitely didn't want to leave and had to, 
had to go away for a few months. He stepped aside, and Mike Rathboner came in, <laughs> came in to take his place, and and we have been all the better for it. Mike and his nipples, Mike, and his um his prodigious strength. I think if he was a blood bowl player, who would he be? Would he be? Uh, is he the mighty Zug? Is he? Is he? He's quite tall and slow, so maybe he would be deep root strong branch. <laughs> <laughs> slow, strong, stand firm. Yeah, and he has this wonderful that. ability. Um, he doesn't throw teammates, but he carries teammates. He does. Yeah. And after every game in the north, which he was involved in or was there for, he would then carry the victor, or in my case, the loser, sobbing into a shovel <laughs> <laughs> down the street. <laughs> When uh, when Paul beat me, Paul refused to be lifted up by yeah. Mike. Now, now Paul reasonable. Paul the dwarf coach is uh, a six foot three, six yeah. foot four man. He's large. Yeah, yeah and so I think he felt that an inebriated Mike might. And, and might with the, expecting a baby as well, and he didn't quite fancy what, himself. Is he? Is he, <laughs> <laughs> is he a seahorse? <laughs> anyway, we've we've got sidetracked. Um, so yeah, so, so the DBL, so yeah, those two players went, went through and um, and went through to knockouts. Shall we quickly talk about sort of our teams and our seasons, and then we can go into how, how we did the knockouts and where that Sure, went. and then we'll talk about who was in, who's now going to be in the final. Okay. Let's start with your team, Tom. Okay, brilliant. So my team, as uh, previously alluded to, uh, is the Walt Disney All-Stars. So my theme, as it were, and actually coming into the Dragon Ball League, like I didn't People have said, oh, it's all fluffy, and you know, people write their own fluff. And I'm not, I like fluff, and I like all that story side of it, but I'm kind of not that used to it. I didn't mm. really know exactly what to do. I think when I do a theme and I write a background for the next season, I'll be much more into it. So I just thought, you know, what can I do? Oh, I, you know, Disney's quite an easy theme to do. I can just pick a pick loads of Disney characters. And your players are all named after Disney, Disney characters. characters. Exactly. And then actually, once I'd got into the league, about two months in, I, I wrote, like because um, I lost my team <laughs> <laughs> in this in this uh, gate where basically everybody of the Dragon Ball League seems to lose a team at some point. I lost my entire team for the first six to eight weeks of the Dragon Ball League. And I had to borrow the commissioners, um, what are they called, the... The pink wafers, that's it. Pink so wafers. To borrow the pink wafers, which is a, a goblin team, which then became an underworld team, and, yeah. and the pack and your team were underworld. Wonderworld, exactly. The Wonderworld. Wonder Wonder World. Wonder, the Wonderworld. <laughs> that was a complete slip of the tongue. <laughs> they were a very fancy underworld team. Um, so I, I then wrote a fluff when I found my team about the, about the Walt Disney All Stars being lost in the jungles of Lustria and finding their way back to mm. the BBL and. Uh, and I'll um I'll put a link to that at some point. Maybe not in this episode, but at some point the listeners will be able to read that fluff because I do have it somewhere, and it is good. Um, so no, actually I can. Yeah, I can put that to the, to the Google Drive. I will do that. Um, and I'll cut this out. No, I won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Walt the Walt Disney All Stars Underworld. And again, coming into the DBL, I was told that everybody was fluffy. They weren't they weren't particularly competitive. It was all good fun. Yeah, the quality of play is very poor. <laughs> And so I thought, and I'm I'm not like uber competitive, but I do I like to you know win games. I like to go to events and compete. And it depends what mood I'm in. I'm quite happy to go and take like stunty teams, as you know, like I took the yeah. goblins to Super Bowl, and I'll do that. But I'd played quite a hard season in the ECBBL, and I'd taken chaos. Mm. It'd gone okay, but I kind of felt like you know I wanted to do something something a bit more fun. So I thought Underworld, they're you know a bit more casual, like I can take them along and, yeah. and have fun with them. So I, I literally took them as a silly team, like initially, and then realised when I got into the league, actually, oh, there are some quite good players that I'm going to need to try and beat. So I started building them into your classic underworld killer team, basically. So I had one blitzer where I was like, right, he is going to be Thor, Mighty Blow, 
tackle. All and that was stuff. Olaf. Olaf, exactly. Who became your, your star. My star killer. Yeah. And he did yeah, do some serious damage throughout that. Um, which was good. And that was the ta- very much my tactic through the entire conference was use Olaf to remove players, win. Because once their players... And how did that work good. out in, in the group stages? Uh, it, went, it went pretty well. Um, I lost against Chris with his orcs. So Chris just <laughs> basically killed my entire team. Mm-hmm. Um, took all my players off, which meant I then played Rory in the first And what did, what did Rory have? Uh, he had uh, Lizardmen. Okay. And I I came into that first game with only three Skaven, because you can usually get six by the mm. world, but three of my Skaven were MNG, I, oh, wow. including Olaf, was uh, down and Adge and MNG for that first game. <laughs> so it was a bit emotional against Rory, but I still drew, still drew, and nearly pulled off the best one-turn touchdown of the Diva will have ever seen, but didn't quite. You've not heard about this? No, I'm not sure I have. Well, so, let, let's hear about it now. So I had to, um, I was actually... It was going to be so amazing that I had to get a bounce. Like when the player landed, you mm. know, you randomise the landing. He had to he had to drift in the right direction, sure. just to get there. So I had to pick the ball up with a goblin in a tackle zone, dodge out and like dodge around the sideline to hand off to another goblin. I don't think he was in a tackle zone, but it was a handoff and a catch. And then the troll had to move throw a goblin and he was out of range because obviously the, the, the goblin was already in position and I couldn't move him but he was out of range okay. so he would then have to scatter three times in the correct direction to then land in the, to the oh no he, he'd already moved that was it I could only use one goblin so the goblin had to pick up run to the troll and because he'd already moved he was the only one range the troll just had to throw him and okay. hope that he scattered into the end zone oh wow and he scattered twice the correct direction and the last time he scattered back, it was oh. so close. And then nailed the landing. So it was one dice roll away from being insane. What a shame. Um, and I drew that game. So I was very disappointed against uh, Rory. To, to <laughs> so you had um, orcs in your group. You had uh, lizardmen. I had the in, and the infamous uh, loser linemen, humans. Now, who, who were the loser linemen? So Tony is a very special member of the DBL. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice chap. He's decided that he uh, he likes the, the sort of um, everyman kind of, you know, plucky lineman. Purist. Place. Yeah, yeah, what, really? <laughs> <laughs> but he likes that, that, yeah, having, you know, because the linemen are the guys without the skills who are just, you know, kind of standard blah, 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 always get overlooked by mm. the positionals. And uh, Tony was like, no, I'm going to take an only lineman team. And he didn't even start with yoga. He did. He had this fluff built in, didn't he? Where if his team won two matches, I think, then the sponsors would buy him an ogre. Okay. Like that. So that's he eventually did get an ogre. But the first game I played against me, he just had linemen. <laughs> that was his whole team. Unskilled linemen. <laughs> Unskilled linemen. Yeah. Well, well, he had the odd skill, but. And you won presumably. No, I drew the first game. No, oh, Tony okay. played really well actually. Yeah. So the first game I played against Tony, I drew, and then I, I beat him in the second one, and that was my sort of that draw against Rory, draw against Tony and the loss against Chris, otherwise they were wins. So um, in general the conference went pretty well. And I finished I think one or two points behind There's Rory. one more team you haven't mentioned from your group. Uh Chris with his goblins, Chris Bears. Okay. The so nicest you're... man in Blood Bowl. <laughs> Not just the DBL, the nicest man in Blood wow. Bowl. Wow. Definitely. Um he had a yeah a crazy goblin team. Um, and he's one of those guys who is a classic stunty coach mm. who just is just there to have fun. He doesn't care if he loses, doesn't care like if everyone dies as long as there's carnage happening on that blood ball yeah. pitch. He's he's loving it. Oh, fantastic. So that was my uh, my North A. I can't and, and North B would have been what was it? It was Lewis, Mike Rathboner, Dan Harrington, 
That's Dark Elves. That's Amazons. Yeah, Dan had the uh, human. The, what the Barbies. The, the Barbarians. That was it, the Barbarians. Uh, and then uh, John with his. Uh, John Foster with his orcs. Okay. And there is one more. Ah, Nacho. Nacho oh, with, his, uh, with the Chaos Dwarves. That was the the north, and it was a great conference. We had we had a really good cohesion, actually. It was really good fun, and we were all supporting each other. Did you make it cast. into the conference final? No, I finished one one or two points. I can't remember a couple of points behind Rory. So going into that final game, unfortunately, Rory and I played last, and it didn't matter uh, <laughs> so sure. when I beat him. Um, but if Chris had drawn with him with his goblins, then I would have, you know, so or if I, yeah, got a couple more points. So it was very close, but Rory. Played better than me in the end, and uh, got to the conference final and beat Dan Harrington for the excellent. What's the North, a, what's the North Trophy called? Do you remember the I North A Trophy? Um, it could be the Sunstroke Trophy, yeah, or maybe the Emerald Chalice, or it's the Blizzard Cup. I think it might be the Blizzard Cup. I mean, the North that would make sense. North, the North yeah. that would make sense. Yeah, we'll mm. um, we'll go with that. <laughs> that sounds good. Sure. Um, so yeah, so to wrap that up, I mean, yeah, in terms of my conference, um, that was all that excellent. Was really and how good... far did you get in the knockouts? Um, I won in the first round against uh, his name with orcs. Uh, Chris. Nope. Uh, begins with J. He's quite. He's a new. I think he's a new player to the league. He's quite quiet. He doesn't speak up in the chat very much. I will put a link to his name in the thing. I'll look it up. <laughs> I can't remember his name. We played at the. Um, we played at the Steam Engine. Okay. Like game. It was good fun. It was really close. Went through to... Um, we didn't get to penalties. Quite get to penalties. So I scored a great touchdown right at the end. But it was a very close game back and forth. And then played Paul with his Warhammerers uh, in the next game. And those of you who've played with a team that includes stunties will know that Dwarves is not necessarily the team that you <laughs> want to be playing. <laughs> they are literally the anti-stunty. And I went into that game knowing that... Um, Knowing I had the tools, because I had a claw mighty blow that could mm. take off his dwarves. So if I got lucky and rolled lots of sevens and eights and removed his dwarves and he uh, didn't get too lucky and didn't kill my whole team, then I'd be in for a chance. Yeah. But I just didn't remove anyone in the first half. And it was it was actually relatively bloodless, which suits him, because he had all his players and just rolled on and uh, steamrolled it over me and won 2-0. So he played well. But yeah, that and was you... my DBL season. And Olaf, your star blitzer. Off the back of that game, he, he managed to get to four skills. He did. Right? The first player in the DBL to get to four skills. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and on Talk Nuffle, that is the official line, as you, as you know. <laughs> so anyway, so that was my season. I, was, I, I Actually, I have to say, by the end, because... Because I'd taken Underworlds, having a bit of fun, and I kind of would like... I'd like to have, a, I think, my next season more competitive. And I suddenly realised I was playing with quite big boys and, you know, playing against a proper skilled dwarf team and not really having a team that I felt like I, you know, I felt like I just had to get luck. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't mm. just come up with a game plan where I was like, if I follow this, you know, the dice and I go horribly, I'll win. So I, was lo- I wasn't looking forward to finishing, but I was, I was quite happy when I went out. It was fine. It was all getting quite serious. I was like, I'll go and play some ladder games and, and look, look to the next season. Excellent. So, Phil. Your season, your DBL 18. DBL 18. Um, so I went back to my Dark Elves from DBL 16. Um, the Clark are on Cleavers. Um, they home territory is the Black Ark of terrifying turnovers. Okay. So um, did you have lots of terrifying turnovers? Always. Always it's, at the Black Ark. It's it's always the curse of Dark Elves ones and ones at, at uh, inopportune moments. The team did very well. I went for a one reroll Dark Elf build straight off in in the group stages. 
And more positionals. More positionals. Feeling being eight games, trying to skill them all up as best I could. So started off with two runners, a witch, four blitzers, Lionos, one reroll. I think that's probably right. And then as the group games progressed, I got a second witch. And I even bought an assassin as well. All right. The that's team... the thing about DBL, isn't it? We get a lot of money. Um, yeah, so we, we had we had particular sponsorship rules this year, which meant that teams were much more cash-rich than normal because you got not just a plus one for winning the game or for having fame, but you get a plus one for having a legendary game, which would include scoring. Uh, in Both teams would get, get the same uh, bonus. If there were a certain number of casualties, if there were a certain number of touchdowns, if there were a certain number of fatalities, red cards, stuff like that. Um, that was our, our change this year for, for sponsorship. I think it worked well with the shorter, because they're shorter seasons, like I said. Yeah. It means you can buy in extra positionals and all that kind of thing, which is good. Mm. And because people had so much money, and for a lot of teams that don't need that much money, we introduced a bounty system where players could put bounties on any other player <laughs> in the in the whole of the DBL, even if you never play them. And so we had lots of bounties flying about. For I think Olaf had, Olaf had one or two, didn't he? He did. A few of my dark elves had bounties as well. The only way you could claim it was for somebody to kill them, and then the team that killed them would get the bounty. So dark elves did very well, unbeaten in the group stages. I had a necro team to play against another dark elf team. There was also a, a pact team, and the other team that I played. Oh wow, my memory is really going at the moment. You know what we should have done? We should have written down <laughs> like, a, like a, a plan of uh, what we're going to say. Or, or at least, playing. or at least had it up in front of us. Yeah, we so, could have done so that. that. We can we can do without these embarrassing pauses. Well, while I while I look on my phone very quickly as I try to remember who on earth. I, oh, and a high elf team. Ah, high elves as well. Um, everything went to plan. I mean, quite a few casualties for the dark elves. Had a couple of players die. A couple of players miss next game. But with the very mobile build that I had for the dark elves, you could always score so many movement seven players. Was, was absolutely excellent. Both witches ended up getting wrestle. One got wrestle sidestep leap. Um, blitzers. One was a mighty blow grab blitzer by the nice. end of the group stages. And then we had your typical blodger who became a blodge sidestep. Kick dark elf was my very first skill on any of the, the linos. Assassin got block. And then any other lino that leveled up just got block as well, really. Mm. Um, was proved very useful as the game went on. Uh, in the knockouts, I got all the way to the quarterfinals. My Dark Elves uh, had Undead in the round of 16, which is a pretty punishing game, which went all the way to extra time. Um, that was against Sam, um, Sam Palmer, who's been in the DBL since DBL 16, the same as me. And actually, the Cleavers played the same Undead team that year in the knockouts as well no. and beat them then too. Oh, okay. Uh, and then in my so first. Sam didn't get his revenge. He did not get his revenge, no. Uh, and then. In the first knockout game, my Dark Elves managed to play and they beat. Let me just find out a second. I can't believe I've forgotten all of this information already. <laughs> How long ago was it? Last couple of months? Yeah. It's, um, it's age. It is. I think it, I think it could be <laughs> age, age, actually. <laughs> Who was the first, the first player that I had in the knockouts? Uh, oh, it was a dwarf team. So um, a guy called Dan Payne has been in the DBL since DBL 16 as well. So the team did very well. Um, in particular, my defence was great in the group stages. I only conceded twice in eight matches. Wow. And the first good. six matches kept clean sheets. Uh, and then we go on to the quarterfinals where I faced my nemesis, 
and indeed now it seems to be Morg's nemesis as well. <laughs> the nemesis of the Talk Nuffle podcast. Of Paul's Warhammer is. <laughs> uh, that was a that was a great great game. I kicked first and forced him to score. I think by turn four or five. Okay. Uh, and then I got a touchdown, or maybe 10-6, then I got a touchdown back. So 1-1 one, one at half time with me receiving. Um, the I then scored, I was forced to score by some very good dwarf play um, early in the second half by turn three, and then that gave me five turns to, to equalise. Yeah. And I didn't cause a single casualty the entire game. I had eight casualties caused against me. Wow. And that, I wasn't basing the dwarfs. Um, I wasn't bunching all the players together, wasn't getting into scrums. Um, he had five guard and five mighty blow on his team, but he didn't ever need them once. Just <laughs> roll tens. All he would do was roll tens, <laughs> and it was it was just absolutely sickening. It, every time he would hit a dark elf, he'd only get the one one block or blitz normally per turn, but he would casualty that player without fail. So my mighty blow uh, grab blitzer was was I like casualtyed and then apoed into reserves, and then it came on the second half. I had lots of other players knocked out. I didn't. I think I broke armor once the entire game. Oh, well done. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, the defense in the second half, I was I was nailed on to prevent him from scoring with some pretty solid column defense. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he then marked the front of the columns, got everybody away except for Witch Elf, who was my star witch. Um, and of course, she rolled a one and then a one. And got uh, casualty. And then got casualtyed and, and was, yeah, was out. Sweet. And then after that, the team just fell apart. So I went into extra time. And our, the way that we do knockout games is that if it's equal after 16 turns, then we have two halves of four turns for each half for extra time. Yeah, which is quite fair, actually. I mean, it does favour quick scores. But it does, yeah. But it's more fair than the than the one person gets eight turns, essentially, because you just flip a coin. And, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it might need some work, but it does work better than the, than the system that's in the rule book. And then after that, penalties. And then in, so we went into extra time uh, 2-2, and I went into extra time with only five fit players. Cool. And he had his whole team, of course, and I couldn't stop the dwarves with five players. So we scored, and then we go into second half of extra time when I'm receiving, and I think at this stage I've got four players. (laughs) And the only option I had, which almost came off, was I essentially punted the ball long like you would do in, uh, in rugby. Or threw or the ball long. Threw it as far as he so could. So long bombed as far back as I could. It was one square away from the end zone then. And then I just tried to run Hanged my it. dark elves <laughs> through all the dwarves. Um, and, and he I, got there first. Well, he casually my players first. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I got anywhere near, it's like, no, take that one off, take that one off. That's yeah. Right. So my, my runner, like the last movement seven player I think I had left, was then running down the sideline, chased by a horde of angry dwarves. I think only one dwarf could actually get to him. And then a one dice, and then he was he was casualty. Yeah, that was it. He was done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I ended the game with one player on the pitch. Nice, and all the rest of the cash box pretty much. Casualty had knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was an absolutely brilliant season. A lot of fun playing with the dark elves again. Um, but sadly, wasn't to be. Nuffle said no. Had to come to. An and end. Paul played very well. He did what he needed to do with dwarfs. He's a very experienced dwarf coach. He is. Yeah. So moving into the final now. We have uh, finals day on the sixth yeah, of January. Yeah, let's talk about finals day. Let's um, let's talk about the teams that are in it and um, and what we, how we think they're going to do. So who's so, in the finals? Let's talk about uh, we've got uh, the first game is going to be Yogi and the Misfit Mascots. 
which are really nicely painted. Absolutely gorgeous yeah, team he's had it's made cool. or had made himself, but it's a unique team, amazing painted. He's going to be playing, and they're a, a pack team. Yep. He's going to be playing Paul and the Warhammerers. Ooh, so that's going to be a very bashy game. And I think they're probably the two coaches with the most casualties this season, if you take into account the knockout games. And yeah. I think they were very high up in the in the group stages as well. But yeah, Olaf still has the most casualties. Is that right? Yeah. Well, there you go. Of individual. I mean, he's got <laughs> he's got fifteen casualties. So I think they've got players with like eight or nine. I don't think they've got. I don't know how much claw Yogi's got. Yeah, it's definitely got a bit. He's uh, one of his big guys has got claw. I'm sure his Minotaur's got claw. He's got. He's definitely got claw. It's going to be who can order. remove who can remove the players the quickest, and whether Paul can stop the big guys. Yeah, the death roller may be key in that, in terms of taking one of them out. But if they can claw, punch a death roller. Yeah, true. If he's got a Minotaur, well. if his Minotaur's got claw, because that'll be strength six blitzing. He only needs to assist these two dice. Yeah, so, yeah. No, that that can be an. That's going to be that's going to be a really great game. I think. That Paul's team are probably that that bit better, a bit more solid. The dwarfs. More I think reliable. That's the that's the problem with Yogi, isn't it? Because mm. he's got the big guys. If they don't, if they behave themselves, then he's yeah. definitely got a really good chance. But he's, he's he's still relying on that luck. And he's whereas relying Paul's on the dark elf, plan. of course, as well. Yeah. In terms of ball handling. Yeah. Whereas, it, and if Paul can get to that elf and get him, and he's got tackle yeah. coming out of his. Problem is, the the big guys may get stuck in, but they're very quickly going to be surrounded by mighty blow, guard. block guard dwarfs. Um, and then obviously there's two slayers as well, mm-hmm. which will be very useful in terms of attacking the big guys. Yeah. Um, I I pip I I think yeah, Paul is going to do it, unless Yogi gets quite lucky. I think. Do you think Paul's going to win the whole thing? Mm, well, let's talk about the other okay. the other side <laughs> first. Okay. So we've got uh, a guy called Alex McGuinness, who I think plays with the UK BBL otherwise, mm-hmm. and joined us this season, and he's got the Funk All Stars. Which are are a, a pretty brutal necro team. Mm. They are, and he, he he does like to roll casualties with that necro team as well. I've yeah, seen him, uh, I've seen him in action. So he eliminated Rory this year, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. So Rory was the DBL seventeen champion with his high elves, Lizardman this year, and this was a game where I think by the end of the first half, Rory had no skinks left. Yeah. And then the Saurus, and this was once again, even without Claw, it was just rolling tens. Mm. And then very quickly, all the Saurus were dead as well, and Rory practically got pitch cleared without them. Never, never had a chance of going through um, against those dice. So that's a very dangerous Necro team, and he's playing against uh, the Alcolonde Falcons. Which are coached oh, by James. Oh, oh, I was going to not say his name on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's only there by sheer luck, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> so we know he's going to win that. We can move on. So um, Alex is in the final again. And <laughs> <laughs> um, James has got an elf union team, which uh, I don't think they've caused more than maybe five or six casualties the whole of the season. But obviously, they're quick, they're nimble, they yeah. can pass, they can do lots of things. They're, they're kin elves. Yeah. So what can you do? It's going to be interesting. If James can keep his players alive, then he's always going to be in with a shot. Problem is, he's going to get based very quickly. He's going to get blitzed a lot. He's got the wolves, which are going to be causing a nightmare. Um, unless James gets very lucky, I think, and Alex has really bad dice. Which is not on casualties. Not been historically, yeah. No. <laughs> historically, the way that it's happened. I can't, I can't see James winning. I can't. No, I, th- I think it'll be a, um, a necro-dwarf final. Mm. What do you reckon? I agree. Yeah. Um, and Alex is also a very, very good coach. Yeah. 
the feedback I've had. I've not had the opportunity ter- to play Terrible, terrible pitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so what do you reckon? So you reckon Necro Dwarf final? I think Necro Dwarf. Yeah, and at that point anything can happen really, to be honest. I mean, like you say, the Dwarves do what... Dwarves are just super reliable and um, Paul's built them very well. So mm. they, they do what they do. They're going to grind up, they're going to score and they're going to take people off as long as his dice go how they should. Yeah. Um, but the Necro are very fast, mobile, they've got claw, they've got the tools they need to deal with that. So it's, it's, kind of, it's one of those things, isn't it, where it's, it's all on the dice. I think both coaches have got, it, have got the ability to beat the other. Um, yeah, that's right. As, as is the case in a dice game. <laughs> if one of them rolls better, they, they could win. <laughs> um, it's certainly going to be a great day. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting down there and um, drinking. Definitely, and and hopefully we'll we'll be on hand to interview a few of the coaches. Yeah, it'll be great because we're planning to we're going to do like a round, definitely do a roundup episode of the finals once it's mm. happened, and we'll talk through the games. You know, have a little uh, rundown. I'll definitely take some notes when I'm there, and if I, if I can write straight, then, <laughs> then I'll do that. Um, right, we're going to take another quick break here, and then we'll come back and talk about um, some events that well we're running actually that are coming up and ones that we're going to. So I uh, see you guys in a minute. third part of the Talk Nuffle podcast, our, our very first podcast that we've done. Absolutely. Christmas episode. Christmas episode, indeed. Um, so next segment is going to be talking about some of the upcoming tournaments that either we're involved in running or that we're attending. So let's start by talking about the first in time, and that's going to be the UKTC tournament in January. It is indeed. Um, so we're going to, I think the plan is, is we're going to do like a full episode on this, aren't we? Mm. But I was just sort of thinking a look ahead to, when is it? It's on the 12th, 13th of January, mid-January, so it's quite soon. Either that or the weekend after. It's definitely that weekend. It's that weekend. It's the middle weekend of January. I think it's 12th, 13th. Okay. Um, and we've got four teams from the DBL game. So is, is it four? Fourteen, sixteen players. Wow. On the DBL game, which is going to be really cool. Have you settled on a team yet? We can quickly say that. Before we Indeed. Um, I am going to be taking halflings for you, <laughs> So really going for the victory there. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be Dark Elves, um, but then I never painted the Dark Elf team after losing the original Clark Draw the Fevers. And, uh, it's a bit, quite it's a bit heartbreaking to try and paint them all again. Yeah. So I've decided to go completely the other way and take halflings nice i still haven't decided yet actually i mean we'll we'll unpick this in detail hopefully i will have in a couple of weeks when we talk about this but <laughs> i'm still on the fence between um some sort of uh, it'll definitely be a star play i always take star players to events mm. i like to build teams around stars i think it's quite a fun thing to do um so it'll be either a human kind of griff zug or brett uh, brett griff zug team or perhaps i'm going to go down the orc route. i've actually bought an orc team so i'm going to Convert an orc team. Fantastic. So, so yeah, in terms of UKTC, um, it is using the World Cup rule pack because the World Cup's out is, is this year. The Indeed. Blood Bowl World Cup. In Dornburn, Austria, uh, this summer. Absolutely. Are you going? Have you decided? I've not got my ticket yet, but I'm definitely going to go. Okay. It's I might go. One, once every four years, I suppose, the yeah. World Cup of Blood Bowl. It is, yeah, yeah. So it is worth going, I think. And my understanding from just looking at it on the website, the freebies alone seem to be it. pretty formidable. Okay. Lots of sponsors. Lots There's of actually a lot of money in sponsorship in Blood Bowl. People really love mm. the game, don't they? They really back it. So yeah, it's actually UKTC. We will, like I said, do basically a episode where hopefully we get a guest on and we talk in detail about the teams we're taking and uh, what we think 
weekends everything about and, and basically tournament weekends actually I think that'd be a good topic yeah because to it's it's a very different way of playing bubble I think and like you said with your star players it gives you the option to build a team around a star doesn't it absolutely so the UKTC in brief next so next up you are running the Super Bowl at the LGT this year aren't you the Super Bowl at the LGT so there's two different events there's two different events <laughs> yeah. oh wow there's the Super Bowl <laughs> and there's the LGT <laughs> I love how in tune Phil is with uh, exactly what we're doing here. Uh, so, so yeah, so the, the Super Bowl, um, for those of you who, uh, well, actually, probably a lot of the listeners will have played in the Hard Six Super Bowls. Mm. So the Hard Six uh, uh, started by Jay Hopkins, who's uh, moved back up north. So he's kind of moved on from the Hard Six now. He did run them, he continued to run them for another year after he moved mm. back to Yorkshire. And they've, they've been great events. It's all about eating a lot of pie, drinking a lot of beer. Playing a lot of Blood Bowl. Losing your teams fun. in an Uber on the way home. Losing your teams in an Uber on the way home. Yeah, I, in fact, yeah, yeah. I, I, two people have done that, haven't they? From, from a Super Bowl. Wasn't Alex's team lost from a Super Bowl? Or was that not a Super Bowl? Maybe, but maybe then it was found. Oh, was that the one that was found? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so Jay. And you're a, you're a former winner. I am. A f- I won the first. You won Super, Super Bowl 1. Super Bowl 1. I, I won Super Bowl 2. Yeah. I don't know who won Super Bowl 3. I, I don't know. I think. Did, did anybody win Super Bowl 3? I don't know if there was a Super Bowl 3. No, mm. Super Bowl 4. <laughs> Super Bowl 4. I came second at Super Bowl 3. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and Super Bowl 4. Who won Super Bowl 4? Super Bowl 4 was a bit of a funny one, wasn't it? Because oh, that finished, they ran out of time, the yeah. pub got a bit grumpy, um, and a couple of people had to be hurried in their last games, didn't they? Which was a shame. And that's actually partly why I've now taken over it, because basically Jay... Fell out, fell out with the owners a bit, and it was he said to me actually that he was never really going to be able to go back. There was, was a bit of confliction because it was totally out of his hands. He ran a really good event, and um, there was a kind of misunderstanding with the owner about exactly when he wants to finish. And we, ha- I think, we had the venue until seven, and like literally caught to seven. The owner was going to Jay and saying, "You have to be out now, like get your guys off the tables." And he was like, "We have got another fifteen minutes." And, and kicked, there was no warning. Was kicked like, out about what thirty thirsty blood ball players yeah, who've been who smashing the bar all day. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was ridiculous because now they've lost the custom, which is stupid. Um, so, yeah, moving on from that, Morg is now running the Super Bowl. Way. I, have, <laughs> I have, it was called the uh, Hard Six Super Bowl, kind of. I did put that in the flyers originally, and I've now, I've basically changed the name now to the Talk Knuckles Super Bowl because Fantastic. we're going to support it. <laughs> I just wanted people to, but it is, <laughs> but just to put all your minds at rest, it is effectively, I want to run the same event. I want it to be as close as possible, certainly for the first one, as he, what Jay has built, because he's built a great event. So mm. there will be pie. There will be beer. <laughs> there will be great prizes. It's going to be four games of Blood Bowl. And actually, I haven't got the rules back out yet. That's something that I need to do. No. But it's going to be um, very similar rules back to the past. And is it uh, a one-day event or a weekend event? Yes, yeah, so it's one day. It's on Saturday, the 23rd of February. Tickets are pretty much sold out, but there is a reserve list. So if you still want to go and buy tickets, Fantastic. I'll put a link in the uh, description of this so that you can go and get a ticket and certainly go on the reserve list because there will always be dropouts. What's the venue going to be? Uh, the venue is going to move from where it was to Magic Madhouse. In what is the Magic Madhouse? So Magic Madhouse is a, it's a great venue, actually. Magic Madhouse is essentially one of your um, London gaming clubs. But they very much uh, go down the bar side. So it does feel very much like a gaming bar rather than mm. a gaming club. So they really push the bar side of it. It's a place where you can go and have a nice drink. It's got a lovely atmosphere. They've actually got a pool table in the new venue. So they've moved, uh, people who've been there before, they've actually moved up one floor. They're in the same location, which is, I'll put a link to the exact address. So it's basically Stratford near Hackney Wick tube station. 
and they've moved up one floor now, which means that they've got their own smoking area, like a little patio area. They've got a nice bar area with a kitchen, so they can make some pies, which is awesome. Um, and then they've, they're actually, primarily, they've always been a kind of, hence the name, a magic venue. So they run a lot of magic events, um, which for us means they've got professional streaming equipment all set up, because magic events always have streaming, which is why they've got that in place. So when we do the Super Bowl, we are going to stream uh, a game around. Not the top table, we're going to pick a really cool matchup for each game. It's not necessarily going to be the top table, we're just going to pick two people we think would be entertaining. Fantastic. And, uh, and stream that live or record, I don't know, put it out. Some Something's going to happen. We're going to definitely do some sort of streaming thing, whether that's going to be live or record it for later. We will see. But I think they've got the facility to do that. And how, how many players is, is the tournament? 40. 40 players. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's going to be good. And will it be NAF, NAF registered? It will be NAF registered. Yeah. Brilliant. All the, all the Super Bowls, bar the first one, which I won, have been NAF registered, <laughs> so, um, which is annoying. So that's uh, that's the Super Bowl in a nutshell, and I'm and Talk Nuffle Podcast is going to keep running the Super Bowl probably annually. Like they used to be, Jay used to do I think two or three a year. It was quite they yeah. were coming out quite regularly. But because I'm going to run another uh, event, which we'll move on to now, Super Bowl is probably going to be an annual one day event, which I think is the the right way to move forward. So the second event, the LGT, not oh. the Super Bowl at the LGT, <laughs> the LGT, <laughs> which is the London Grand Tournament, which. Some of you may have been to it. Some of you may have heard bad things about the most recent ones, but um, I uh, was first involved with the LGT this for this pre past year, which has had some bad rep. And I ran the because uh, there's no make, make your bones about it. You might as well just be honest about what happened. Yeah. Um, but I ran the Age of Sigmar at that event, and I got zero bad feedback apart from the very opening day, which was there was big security issues basically, and no one could get mm. in. So everything I think we started about an hour late, but. We finished an hour late on the Saturday. Sunday we started on time. Everything else was great. Like in terms of the Age of Sigma, no yeah. problems. Yeah, I think as as with all war gaming or board gaming, it's it's all to do with the quality of the opponents that you're playing. Exactly. And right, what the, what the battlefields look like as well. I was playing in the 30k Heresy campaign weekend there, and that had really good terrain. That was brilliant. Yeah, they had fantastic space, terrain. I think provided for by Games Workshop, maybe. Was their only problem was space issues. Yeah, and a, a, a faulty PA system, so it was very difficult to do announcements, etc. But great games there, great opponents. Um, yeah, just let down a little bit overall by the organisation of the event, but this year coming, hopefully, will be much better. Yeah, so we've now, um, I mean, I've talked to Zach, the overall organiser, and he is very keen to make amends on all the stuff that went wrong last year. So we've now, we've moved venues, so we've moved to, again, I'll put a, a link in the podcast notes but we moved to the lay it's like the lay valley sports arena i believe it's called and it's basically just an enormous sports arena with so much space it's unreal and we've been reassured that there won't be security on the doors no there's no security on the doors it's going to be roving security patrols this time so in terms of that there's going to be no queues roving security patrols that's the wording i've been given yeah so you're going to get you're just going to get felt up every now and again you'll be asked to (laughs) someone's going to come up behind you again See what you've got in your pocket, please, man. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which could be a bit... But don't let that put you off. Because <laughs> no. that might be Phil. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we've, we're, there's going to be no security problems on the door. and None of that. And actually, also, the big complaint at Blood Bowl last year was um, they, they, they just didn't get the space right. So I think Blood Bowl was kind of sandwiched in the 40k area. Oh, that I sounds think. like a fate worse than death. Yeah, and it was, uh, I think they were strung out in a long stream, so there were announced problems. But this year we're going to be in one location, it's all going to be together. I'm going to hopefully sell about 100 tickets for the main event. And I'm actually going to run three events at the LGT this year. So there's going to be an option. Three events? Three events. 
So we're going to do a GT, a two-day, six-game, and that was another thing. People didn't like five games last year. We've listened mm. to that. We're going to do six games this year. Uh, so a GT, six games, NAF registered, um, and actually the pack's out now already, so it's a 1,200. I've gone Excellent. for I've gone for like quite an expansive um, skill package selection, so it's 1,200 to get big teams. Uh, stars can be included in your starting 11, so you can get some crazy stars in. Which Fantastic. Is cool. And um, I've allowed quite a lot of flexibility for the tier three and four. You can get a stat up for tier four and things like that. We'll do, a, I think we'll do an episode where we talk a bit more in detail about the pack and, Excellent. and go into it. Um, but where was I going with that? Yeah, and so the other two events, uh, so that's what I'm calling the LGT Amorica Vars is the, the GT. So you get the Amorica Vars. Amorica Vars. What, what, what on earth does that mean? You don't know what Amor- Amorica is? Amorica is no. like a Blood Bowl thing. No? Yeah. What, what is it? The, the NAF is like the National <laughs> Amorica Federation or something. Really? Yeah. Amorica is a is a thing in Blood Bowl. You know, like, as in Blood Bowl's based on American football. Am- yeah. Amorica, as in A-M-O-R-I-C-A, is a real, like, I say, quote-unquote, but it's a, it's a thing used in the Blood Bowl, like a place, Amorica. Well, you know, I've always wondered what NAF actually stood for. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm now doubting that it does mean that. But Amorica is definitely in the fluff. I think it is. I'm not going to look it up now. We'll we'll look it up and we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> well, how very interesting. Yeah, Amorica. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard Amorica being used? No, make, make Amorica great again then. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Team Amorica. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> um... But yeah, so the uh, LGT Amorica Vars. That's and I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get like a really cool Vars as the, um, as the first place. That makes sense. Excellent. Right? So it's always nice to have fun trophies. I think. Yeah, that's. I've, I've definitely gone for really cool trophies, and it's, I've got things like the Jeremiah Cool Comb is going to be the top touchdown um, trophy, <laughs> and I'm going to get. I've already seen you can get like embossed wooden combs with like messages on them. I'm going to get like the Jeremiah Cool Comb that you win. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so that's the the main event. I'm also going to run two side events. So one of them you can play in if you're going to play in the main event. That is the Tackle Zone Sevens. And uh, for those of you who are uh, who've played a lot of Blood Bowl, you'll know, you'll know Sevens. It's basically a slightly smaller version of the main game. Uh, you just have two lines of scrimmage, so you start a little bit further away and you have smaller teams, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I've got the rules. I'll, I'll put a link to the rules up of exactly how we're running that Sevens event. The reason I've called it the Tackle Zone Sevens is because the Tackle Zone guys, some of you will know them, they did some great coverage at the Euro Bowl um, mm. streaming on YouTube, which is great. Uh, but the Tackle Zone guys have agreed to come down and uh, do stream with us. I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's going to be streaming or blogging or what, but they're going to do some coverage at the LGT, which would be great. So they're sponsoring the Sevens event, effectively. Well, I look forward to that. Absolutely. And the third, and so you can play that, it's going to be on the Friday night. Um, I think we kick off at 4.30, so it's kind of designed that it's, because in order to get three games in, you have to leave work a bit early, but hopefully people can, can yeah. do work, leave a bit early and get along to it. Um, and then I think it's actually about 9.30, 10 o'clock, something like that. And there's three games, NAF registered if you want to play in the NAF 7s side, but you can, you can do that. Uh, and then play in the main event at the weekend. The other event. And what is the other event? Is going to be the Talk Nuffle. Death Bowl Community Shield. Oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds delicious. There's so many good words in one sentence. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is going to be, it's going to be all that craziness. Um, we're going to do two games of Death Bowl um, in the day. That's how many you'll get because Death Bowl takes so long to and play. And you, you do that instead of playing in, in the, the main event. Yeah, because I know, I know there'll be people who want to 
want to come along, have a few drinks, look at the main event, maybe not necessarily the Sunday. There are some people who can only do Saturdays. And it's going to be a limited number if you come to that. I think I've limited it to 24. I'd have to double check that. Excellent. So you'll play two Death Ball games. Um, in terms of winning the event, I think I've, yeah, I've done it so that you... You calculate your um, touchdowns count for three points and casualties count for one point. So you're trying to kill your opponent just as much as you're trying, not just as much, but you're also sure. trying to kill your opponent as well as score. And then the person who gets the most at the end is going to be the, the champion. And is there a skills pack for that as well? They're going to use the same um, package as the GT. Wow. So, so you're, you're going to have some crazy stuff. bonkers yeah. death ball teams. Absolutely. That's going to be Excellent. fun. Well, I look forward to talking about that a bit closer to the time. Absolutely. So that is the LGT. So like I said, I will put um, links up on the podcast page for you to go and buy tickets for that. But the tickets are now open. It's uh, £40 for the GT, which is down £10 from last year. because they've got rid of the CRP, the buying an extra tenner thing, which they did last year as well. So it's just straight up £40 for the GT for six games of Blood Bowl. Brilliant. Uh, and then it's, I'll put a link to the thing, but I believe it's £20 for the Death Bowl and £15 for the Sevens. That's what I think off the top of my head. And I'll put links so you can go and buy tickets for that. Excellent. Right, before we go, should we do a little chat about hobby? Definitely. And just before we do, anybody listening or anybody that knows us who's got other events coming up that they want us to plug, talk about, uh, drop us an email. At some point, we will have an email address. Yes, we will. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll do an email address so you can do that. And I'll, I'll put a link in the podcast. I've said that. How many times have I said that? I've said I'll put a link. Do. I'm going to have to go and listen back to this, to all the things that I said I fed a link, because I haven't made any notes <laughs> of where I said I fed a link. Um, but yeah, we'll get an email address, and if you want to um, drop an email, you can also tweet me, actually, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, which is at T-Loin, that's Tango Lima Oscar Yankee November, T-L-O-Y-N, at T-Loin, and if you want to tweet me stuff, then more than happy for you to do that. Um, that yeah, you, you're not on Twitter? No. You're not accessible? No, I, I don't really understand technology. Okay, well, you can get Phil on Tinder. It's very Phil, the Prince of Pleasure. <laughs> um, and be, feel free to hit him up. All, all one word. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Fine. Um, finally, then, before we wrap up this podcast, we're going to talk about what we're both working on in terms of hobbying at the moment. Yeah, so do you want to go first? Sure. So, uh, a few things at the moment. Um, we'll talk about the Blood Bowl things first of all. Because you haven't done Hobby Week much up until No, now, sadly recently. with work and real life getting in the way, I've barely picked up a paintbrush um, in the last six to eight months, which That's has a been shame. a real shame. Yeah. But um, I'm now currently working my way through a Halfling Team, the Star Player Miniatures Halfling Team. They are very cool. Which are absolutely fantastic. I love the Buckethead one. The Buckethead one is ah, very cool. Glorious. Um, and then there's a tree actually throwing a fling as well, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful model. Um, so much character. I think they're called the Chicken Devourers. And so yeah, they've all yeah. got um, chicken drumsticks on the shoulder pads and they're all carrying either bits of poultry or having a bit of a snack on the way. But the models are so dynamic. I mean, a lot of fun to paint. They're going to be the half-arsed calf boys. Half boys. Calf boys. Calf boys. Calf boys. Calf. Half-arsed calf boys. Right, got it. Indeed. <laughs> so, so much like my vampires were riffing off a, a Texas college football team, these are the equivalent for the Dallas Cowboys, but in the halfling world. Right. Half-assed calf boys. <laughs> like it. Half-assed <laughs> calf boys. Yeah. Say, <laughs> say it three times when you're drunk. Really yeah. fast. Um, and the colour scheme is going to be that of cowboys. Oh, nice. What's that? So it's kind of uh, silvery grey cleats. Then there's kind of white jerseys or armour with blue trim. Cool. And they're going to be a lot of fun to paint. 
In addition to that, I've got an Adeptus Titanicus Reaver's t- Reaver Titan. Oh, very cool. I'm going to have to get a painting. That does look like a good game, I have to say. It does. I used to play Epic um, when I was much younger, and I really enjoyed that, and recently got back into Epic a bit as well. And, of course, Titanicus has come out, and the models are just stunning. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I'll be doing a bit of Titanicus as well. Uh, there's still a Dark Elf team sat on my paint bench, but they're going to make way for the halflings the annuals now. of history yay <laughs> halflings over elves so those are the, the main projects i'll be working on at the moment i think my kind of i don't have a hobby cupboard of doom but i've got a very large ottoman uh-huh. <laughs> the middle class uh, <laughs> version of the hobby cupboard of doom the, the hobby ottoman <laughs> which has horrendous. got it's got like some necromunda in it there's okay. some 30k stuff in there um, lots of unopened boxes of things. A few stacks of unread guardians. And <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm going to be working on. And time is going to be tight because it's less than a month now until the UK season. Well, you got time off for it. Yeah, off work until the 7th. Yeah, nice. um, and I'm one of those painters who, when I've got time off, I can just get the hours in. And there's nothing better for your painting than having a tournament coming up. Where you've, got, where you've got some deadlines. Absolutely. And then Do they have a best painter at UKTC? Must have. Um, they did last year. Okay. Um, well, that'd be a nice thing to aim yeah. for. Indeed. Getting a nomination for that. Yeah. Cool. I think um, I can't remember who won last year. There's some great looking teams that were up for it last year. Some wonderful conversions, wonderful models. Um, but yeah, so we'll see if the if the halflings can do well because they're certainly not going to be challenging for the top prize. <laughs> well, you say that, you know. We'll talk about your team build later, but I think I think there's some things to be done with the things. So. Absolutely. And um, what are you working on at the moment? Um, so I've just picked up uh, an orc team, which is gonna be both orcs and simians. Is my idea. So, oh wow! Um, so I don't, some of you may not know the simians. Hopefully, those of you do, they're the kind of uh, fan-made ape roster uh, done by the three die block guys. And um, I've just always loved it. I, I think their podcast is great. I love the passion that they have behind because they actually bowled the right fluff behind how the simians are the yeah. nemesis of the Lizardmen. And uh, there will definitely be a podcast that we talk about simians because I really love them. Um, so I went and bought an orc team and I'm going to convert like, basically the black orcs into the into the gorillas as the plan. Um, so Excellent. I'll just be uh, converting on lots of fur and like, um, and actually their faces are a really good start for a gorilla face, like the orc faces because they've got the kind of the nose, the flat look if you put fur yeah. on I've kind of like I've checked it like it'll look good um, and then I've got um, a box of ghouls that I'm going to make for bonobos so they're the small little monkey players so it's like a mix of ogres of, not ogres gorillas chimpanzees and um, the smaller monkeys the bonobos so they'll be the bonobos are they, are they the ball handlers on the team? no they're like linemen okay. so the bonobos are like they're like uh, movement 6 and then 337 so I always um, thought it was said bonobo bonobo b-o-n-o-b-o yeah. I reckon bonobo you're, you're, saying, you're saying Bonobo. Bona. Bo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bonobo. Hmm. No? Could be. Anyway. <laughs> we digress. Um, so the Bonobos are the... <laughs> are the linemen. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to convert them from ghouls. And I've not decided yet exactly how I'm going to do that. I'm going to see... I'd like to just get... I think the easiest way to do it would be, be to get the ghoul... Yeah. And um, just put a load of green stuff on in a big blob and sort of sculpt fur on and just make it like a monkey. But I might have to try and sculpt helmets on or something like that. I'll have to have a play. I'm, I love my green stuff, so I'll have to have a play and see how it works. And then I need two chimpanzees. So I'm going to do one as an actual chimpanzee 
um, he's going to be like a Furious George, which is the Simeon. So if those of you who read The Curious George or watched Curious George when you are younger, there's a Simeon-style player. Furious George! Oh, wow. So I'm going to do a Furious George conversion that I use as one of my chimps. Um, and he's going to be of the, the Ghoul King. So I'm going to use the Ghoul King as the kind of chimp basis. And then, yeah, build up from that. And then my other chimp is going to be a Tarzan conversion. So I've got like a, a Zench Arcanite body, and then I'm going to use one of the Sylvaneth, um, what are they called? You know, the guys with the long hairs, long hair. Uh, the kind of half elf, half tree guys. Okay. The, um, Not dryads or something. No, that was the old fancy stuff. These are the new ones. Um, I cannot for the life of me remember. But anyway, the sort of long flowing hair, which would be cool for Tarzan. I think it really work out. Nice. Um, and those would be my two chimps. And I've not really nailed down the orangutans. They're like the throwers on the team. So the chimps are like the sort of blitzer star players. They're mm. the fast guys. And the thing about the Simeon team is they all have extra arms. So that's the cool thing about them. They can all handle balls like shells, basically. Um, so they Are they in the fluff meant to have more than two arms, then? No, it's the idea is, is they can pick it up with their feet or hands. That's why oh. the, the three die block players talk about it. So if they're running along, like literally grab it with any of their appendages. That's why they say extra arms. Which is cool. That's excellent. I think it works well. So I need to think about the throw orangutans, as people call them, what I could do for conversions for that. Because, I, I mean, maybe I could green stuff around the faces of orcs, you know, they have the big ridges on mm. orangutans, so I might be able to do that. But I have to have a think. So I'm doing a, I'm going to convert a simian team, which is going to be good to go next week or two. Not painted, but it'll be like converted. Definitely ready to go. And I'm going to build an orc team with the remaining guys. I picked up um, picked up a Shadespire box of the, the four dudes as well, which I think would be cool. Because the, the one big gripe I have, and this will come up on the podcast, and I know loads of people agree with it, is the GW models are really cool. But particularly the orc team and their other ones are the same. They just look all the same. You have to you have to do a really good paint job, I think, to make it sort of stand out. Like the black orcs just look it's like very slightly big alignment <laughs> when you're kind of playing and you're and you just glance and if it's a dark colour scheme, it can be very difficult to see. I think the flip side of that is some of these teams where they've got all the positions as one pose, it means that it's very easy for your opponent to know who the players are. Yeah, we've all been there at Blood Bowl events. But I disagree like, with that. What is this? Who is this? Yeah, no, but, is that? Um, but that, I disagree in terms of the bla- the Blackhawks. I think the mm. Blackhawks do look like the linemen, unless you know the team really well. Like, like, And it's the same with the human blitzers. So the human blitzers, although they've got the big thing on the top, I've seen human teams where people just don't see that. So on my blitzers, I've painted it bright white. Yeah. So I'm like, look, that's the blitzer. He's got a bright white that's stripe right. on his head. And some people do so. the different colour bases, don't they? They do the yeah. rims. Yeah, so you can see that as well. I mean, like, they... they They've done better with other teams, but even the undead team and the color scheme they've done with the undead mm. team, it's really difficult to tell exact until you know the team. Because when you turn an event, you might never have played undead. It's not necessarily that obvious. Whereas with the old GW teams, like if you look like the old dwarf team, for example, yeah. the blitzers are the guys with the massive wings on their heads, and then the troll slayers are obviously the naked ginger dudes, and the runners, <laughs> the runners are very different again. Like all the models were definitely very different models. Yeah, very true. I'm just not sure that they've done that. Anyway, I digress. So I bought those uh, four Shadespire Orcs to kind of be my linemen, um, which means I can use the blitzers in the box with the blitzers, as obvious blitzers. Mm. I'm going to convert the Age of Sigmar Ard boys into Black Orcs, because so they were in the fancy fluff, they were the Black Orc models, so they'll be very obviously Black Orcs, because I just want the team to be very obviously whatever. And I'm going to use the Black Orcs in the actual box. One of them is my Barag conversion, so he's going to be like big Wonderful. Barag. What's he called? Barag Gulchua. That's it. That's what I'm going to be doing over the next week or two, doing a bit of hobby stuff. I'm probably not going to paint unless I decide to take 
orcs, because then I'll have to speed paint them up and just get three colours to play with them. But I'm veering towards um, threats or humans, so we'll, we'll talk Excellent. about that in a couple of weeks. Right, I think that is going to round up podcast number one of the Talk Knuffle podcast. Have you got anything else you want to add, Phil? No, you... just, just simply to say thank you very much for listening. Um, hopefully in the future we'll be a bit more polished. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll have um, an agenda that both of us have read. Yeah, both of us understand. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and it will be good. But yeah, guys, I mean, yeah, thank you so much for listening. It's all about, um, we're just going to be having fun. I hope you guys have as much fun as we do recording it because we only do this because it's fun we've got no other agenda no. other than doing that <laughs> when it becomes not fun we'll we stop. just like talking about blood bowl exactly. and playing blood bowl and that's pretty much it and drinking gin while we do it <laughs> on that bombshell <laughs> happy christmas happy new year merry we'll christmas see you next year ta-da